There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, this is Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. And I'm Desi Jenikin. And we're back with another incredible Melrose Place episode. This might be my favorite episode so far. So far. So far. Please. Please. <laughs> I'm not comparing it to later. <laughs> had, it had some stuff. At F- least fu- stuff to fu- make fun of. Finally, a tiny, tiny bit of juice is happening. Yes. We're squeezing it. Finally, <laughs> finally some stuff is happening. So we open with... Some very stupid music playing as we see Jane and Michael rounding a corner, going on a little jog. Just like, they obviously are not runners, because they're just flopping around when they run. Michael's wearing a cat in the hat t-shirt. Yeah. I, I mean, these outfits they're wearing don't even really look like what you would jog in. Cat in the hat had like a big moment in the <laughs> 90s. Yeah. Because like ravers wore the cat in the hat hats. Because it's like Dr. Seuss. It's like a little psychedelic. Yes. So Michael's trying to like, he's a, he's a cool doctor. I guess. He's wearing a cat in the hat t-shirt while he goes for a jog. Back at the complex, Jake is working on his bike and Jane and Michael come bursting through the gate. And Michael approaches Jake and he's like, don't forget to send me your rent because Mr. K, the owner, he's been asking about it. Yeah. Jake is still looking for work. He's he, struggling still. Yeah. And Jake has had it. So Jake gets very curt with Michael. And he's like, why don't you tell Mr. K to call me personally? Well, Michael's the manager, Jake. (laughs) This this landlord is like, he has the fast track on evictions, apparently. Like if you're two days late on your rent, he's immediately like going to get you out. One of the worst landlords in LA and that's saying something is Mr. K. Because (laughs) this guy's like uh, breaking all sorts of tenant Right. Oh, totally. So Jake is obviously very stressed. Next, we go to D&D, where Allison is answering calls at the desk, and a guy comes up to her, and he's like, I got you something, and he hands her a manila envelope, and I'm thinking this is some kind of file or work work stuff. No, she opens this manila envelope, and there's a donut inside. A double-dipped, honey-glazed donut. (laughs) Not even wrapped in anything, really. Why just would, in a manila? Why envelope. would he put this in a manila envelope? I have no idea. It seems like the grease stains would have been coming through. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And she said it's from L.A. Eats. Ooh, 
I, that's not a real place, is it? <laughs> no. Was it a? Re- it might have been. I don't know. It's possible. I like how they didn't even. Bother. They're like, let's just call it like L.A. Eats. We'll come up with something better later. Right. That's a placeholder name. I think so. So Allison says to him, "Yesterday it was a Zen muffin. Friday a Mrs. Gooch's granola bar." <laughs> What's a Zen muffin? What's Mrs. Gooch's granola bar? Gooch. The Gooch. (laughs) Mrs. Gooch's granola bar. So she's like, what's up with all these food gifts? Yeah. They have a little flirty banter, and we're going to see more of them later. He's a a cute boy. He works in the mailroom. Yeah. His name's Rick. Next, we see Jake entering a cafe on Melrose, and he is like at his wit's end. He will take any job at this point, Mm. even this little hip coffee place. Now, this has to be like an early days of a hip coffee place, right? (laughs) Yeah, this is like pre-Starbucks. Right. This is is supposed to be a pretentious Melrose Avenue coffee shop that serves cappuccinos. And that's not uncommon for Los Angeles at this time, but it is uncommon for Jake. He's like a, he's like, I'm a a crunchy working class guy. He's like, what? He's like a guy who's like, what? Can I just get a regular coffee? Right. And he makes <laughs> a regular coffee guy. And he's a guy, but he's a guy who makes a very big deal about how he just wants a regular coffee. Yes. And we know it's fancy because the manager is like British. Right. <laughs> and he's obsessed with coffee. And he's a dick. He's an absolute asshole. This manager's a fucking asshole. But what's funny is that he basically offers Jake a job on the spot and no, like puts him only- to work. He puts him to work <laughs> that day. This only happens in TV shows where they hand you an apron instantly. Yeah. They're like, come on, make a cappuccino. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who you are, but Jake's just like, I know machines. <laughs> right. That's his qualifications. This guy, he, I love that this boss is like, I don't, I don't want to hire any actors or writers or models. It's like, good luck, pal. Yeah, and Jake also calls the machine a glorified Mr. Coffee. And that really that upsets. really upsets him. That really yeah. upsets him. Mm-hmm. He tosses Jake an apron. Look, finally, Jake has a job. Back at D&D, Allison is talking to Rick, this snack guy, yeah, on her lunch break. And he's like really into what Allison has packed for lunch. He's like analyzing the yeah. food that she's eating. And I mean, that's what we would be doing. I <laughs> Yeah, like I related to Rick in this moment, but I wouldn't say this out loud. He says, you can tell a lot about a person by what they pack in their lunches. Yes. She has like green grapes. Well, because she's um, she's like, oh, you've been giving me a lot of sweets in the morning, so I have to be careful at lunch. It's yeah. a very diet culture moment. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a lot of this, I've noticed, on these first few episodes. Yeah, there's a lot of diet culture stuff in Melrose Place. Especially with Allison. Yes, and Kelly had some too. So Allison spies Lacey Cabot, who is a higher up at D&D. She spies her and she says, oh my God, I I wonder if that'll be me in 10 years. I want to be just like Lacey Cabot. She's so cool. She worships her. She does. Lacey passes by Allison and Rick, and she says hi to Rick. And Allison is like, oh, you know her? Yeah. You know Lacey Cabot? And Rick is like, yeah, well, I'm a nepotism baby. Mm. My dad is, the is what's it called? What kind of sunscreen? It's 
I don't remember. Waystar Royco sunscreen. <laughs> yes, it's Waystar his, Royco. His dad owns the sunscreen company. Yeah, that that's their biggest client or one of them. It's one of D&D's biggest advertising clients. And so that's how Rick knows Lacey. And Allison is like very impressed. Wow. You're the son? Yeah. <laughs> like as if it's done anything. Allison is shocked that this kind of stuff happens in Los Angeles. Yes. So then Rick asks her to dinner and she accepts because she also kind of likes Rick. She thinks he's cute. He's cute. He's like plying her with sweets. But she is nervous because she just saw an Oprah show on Office Romances. Oh, yeah. So leave it she's, to, she's wary. Leave it to <laughs> Allison to overthink everything. Yes. Meanwhile, Jake is at the cafe and he is struggling to make cappuccinos and yeah. his new boss is just standing over him and he is needling him. And he is like... <laughs> Like what? Like what did you think? You just hired this guy on the spot. He doesn't know how to make a cappuccino. You didn't even train him. There's no training. That's not something even I could just do on the spot. Like, and I've made them before, but it, like every machine, slightly different. Yeah, it's very stressful. You don't even know where the milk is. Like where people, where things are kept in this place. He just tossed him an apron. This is a. This it's is absurd. Your, this is a you problem. Absolutely. Then. This woman strolls in and she is like supposed to be the woman equivalent of Jake. She's like wearing a leather jacket. So we know she's a bad girl. Yeah. She's very edgy. She's an edgy girl (laughs) and she has a lot of confidence. Her name is Perry and she's like, Jake, Mm. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. She's, he's sweating making these cappuccinos. (laughs) I like when she says to him, I love the way you bury that nozzle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so we know we know this girl's a fucking slut she's a slut there's some sexual tension more than between him and sandy that's for sure way more <laughs> and we know there's obviously some kind of history here by the way that they're talking yes so jake being a model employee just leaves his post he's like the only guy working behind the counter he just leaves he's taking a break he tells him he's taking a break yeah, <laughs> I'm taking a break. He's been there 15 minutes. He, he just started working. Also, it was like, I thought you were super stressed about money. Like, right. Isn't that when you treat even the worst job mo- seriously because you're desperate? Like, right. you don't want to get fired? No, he just bounces. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm taking a break to talk to this babe. Yeah. They go outside onto the street and she's like, they're hanging out by Jake's bike. And she's like, remember when we fucked on this bike? <laughs> yeah, she's... She's like the sluttiest girl to come through Melrose so far. Yeah, she's for sure. She's blowing Sandy out of the water. (laughs) And Perry's talking about her life. She's an art dealer now. And she has Jake. She has a proposition for Jake that can make him a lot of money. Jake is skeptical because he knows that Perry has been up to no good in the past. Yeah. I wrote probably illegal. And Jake is, he's bad, but he's not, he's, he's actually good. Yeah. See, that's the difference with Jake is like, he's supposed to be the bad boy archetype, but he rarely likes to actually do bad boy stuff. He just likes to dress the part. He's like bad boy drag. Yes. Yes. He he doesn't like to actually do bad shit. So he has, he saw a James Dean movie once. Yeah. And now that's his whole identity. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So Jake is skeptical and Because Perry's a bad girl, she does that like whimsical bad girl thing where she takes out a pen and she writes her number on his arm. Yes. And she's like, call me. That's a classic move. Call me. It's just the audacity. 
to right. ride on someone. <laughs> Only extremely hot girls can get away with such behavior. <laughs> <laughs> of course, no one does that anymore because we all just put it in our phones. Right. So that is like sadly a practice. If you do it now, you're really bad. <laughs> yeah, you're you're deranged if you do it now. Back at the complex, Rhonda is looking at all her bills and she's like she's like, "Oh my god, I hate bills. I'm an adult. I I don't like adulting's hard. I hate bills." Yeah, very sitcom. And Matt is like, "Spare me, Rhonda." I laughed out loud <laughs> when he said, "Spare me." I was like, "What year?" It's like that's even that's old even for 1993 or whatever. <laughs> Matt is right off the bat just irritated. When Matt is mad, it's very funny and everyone deserves his wrath. Like yeah. he's all he's he's he has been biting his tongue mm. for weeks with Rhonda and he just lets it all out in this episode. With everybody. Yeah. I don't know if we were talking off the air or in last episode, but Matt is like the one pure soul in this cast. Yes. And he has to deal with these narcissists all day long. Irresponsible narcissists who are entitled in some kind of way. And it's just like, he's working with underprivileged children day in, day out. You know, it's just like, <laughs> these people are all like aerobics instructors, actors. <laughs> like, like he's, he's, he sees real problems. He sees real problems. So he's, Outside of Michael, he's like the only one who has like a serious job probably. Like where it's like dealing with problems. Yeah. Um, but Michael's not good. He's no, not a pure soul. Michael, <laughs> Michael is the opposite of a pure soul. No. So Rhonda is upset because he ju- he learned that funding has been cut from the halfway house that he works at. And so Rhonda offers to help and mm. he's like impressed by that that Rhonda yes. has is has decided to take a day out of her busy schedule doing cardio funk to help Matt. Mm-hmm. Next, Sandy and Rhonda have helped Allison pick out a non-vest item for her date with Rick. So they bring her a hot dress that she completely rejects. I was so mad at that. Now, when Allison got dressed and the guy came to the door, I thought she was still getting ready, but then she went out with him. <laughs> what she looked like. I truly did. It's not like she looked ugly or something, but her she didn't look done. She didn't look ready for a date. This is the problem. This is one of the problems with Allison is Allison just... She's offered a solution. Allison, please. No more patchwork vests. Yeah. No, what's that like? Um, it's like that needlepoint vest style that she really likes. Yes. Where it's like a bunch of cats on a vest. <laughs> it's applique or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they offer her like a sexy dress to wear, and they're all in Allison's room. And then Billy walks in, he's shirtless, and he's like wearing a towel. Right, because he's got to have that moment with a guy where it's like, no, I'm her roommate. But he, was, <laughs> but he's just like hanging out with the girls in the bedroom first, and, right? And he's like, wow, Allison actually has a date, and Allison does do. <laughs> Allison does deploy a pretty great burn at him. She says, Billy, don't you have a cab fare to torture or a novel to pre- pretend to write? <laughs> And he's, uh, he 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 doesn't have anything to say back to that because no. she owned him pretty yeah. hard. Yeah. So then there's a knock at the door. Billy answers shirtless. Mm. It's Rick, and he's like, "I'm her roommate." So yeah, she, every all her dates have to go through me. This 
becomes a thing where it's like Allison answering the door for his date. And it's like, they always have to explain that they're just roommates. It's like very three's company. They, <laughs> they always have to explain that they're just roommates, but there's also that like subtext of, but I will fuck you up. Yes. If anything happens. Yes. I also have like a weird sexual tension with my roommate. Yeah. So I'm shirtless right now. <laughs> I, my abs are glistening. I just got out of the shower. Be intimidated by yes. me. So, yes, instead of Rhonda's sexy black dress, Allison has opted to just wear what she's wearing on her date. It's a brown, loose brown velvet top with a very ugly skirt. It just didn't look like, it looked like what you wear before you get ready, like something cozy to get your makeup on and stuff like that, and then you switch. It was fine for just like going about your day, but I just didn't scream like first date outfit. Right, because even her, her hair wasn't really done she didn't really have makeup on. And it was just rude to Rhonda and Sandy. Like, I don't want your slutty black dress. Granted, they did bring something a little too slutty for Allison. It was. It was. <laughs> but there was no way Allison would wear that. They could have found like a compromise piece. This is also going to be just like, much like how we note the times that Billy is shirtless, we're going to have to make a note of the first time Allison like knocks it out of the park. Yes. If it ever happens. I don't remember if it, I'm sure it happens at some point. Yes. So at dinner, but can we just talk about while they're before dinner, there's a really weird moment with a saxophone player on the street where this couple is incredibly close to him as he plays on the street. (laughs) Like they're literally right in front of him. I don't know why they did that. (laughs) Cause then we cut to them sitting in the window. So the sax is outside of where they're eating. I guess where in Los Angeles are they, that this happens? This isn't, this doesn't happen in LA. No, this is like a New York thing. This is a New York thing that somebody like who doesn't live in Los Angeles, like if you want to see street performers in Los Angeles, there's only one location where that, okay, maybe two locations where that happens. You're either at the Third Street Promenade, yes. which has a very specific look, so they clearly weren't there, or you're on Hollywood Boulevard at which Hollywood and Highland, which they obviously weren't either. No, I mean, supposedly they're in West Hollywood. They were like on Melrose Avenue probably at this, or like La Brea. Yeah, very weird. So that doesn't exist where they were. So I'm just saying that. They just wanted to get that sax player a little gig. Which is fine. (laughs) This has been a very heavy, like sax heavy few episodes. Mm -hmm. So at dinner, they're talking about like their life and career. And Allison tells Rick that when she was little, she used to come up with ad slogans, which honestly I found relatable. Because I was obsessed with commercials as a kid. Oh, totally. Like, I thought they were very funny. I also like that Allison said two things, and then she's like, God, I'm rambling. Right. I was like, well, (laughs) not really. You literally said two things. I mean, that just goes (laughs) to show. That's such a, like, TV writing, like... Uh, Yeah. Um, So she tells Rick about her... She's like, I actually have came up with a slogan for your dad's sunscreen. And Mm. she talks about... I got some great screen caps from this. She's like, sunscreen, it's very 90s. (laughs) That was made me laugh because I was like, what? (laughs) I mean, I guess, but like... I guess so because the 80s was all about like tanning oil. Yes, it was like... Get brown, like Santro pay tans. Like. Yeah, the eighties and seventies and before was all about like literally frying yourself with baby oil. Yes. And then finally in the nineties, they're like, maybe we shouldn't. 
it's just funny to hear it described that way. Like sunscreen is very nineties. Like it would end in the thousand two thousands or something. Yeah, like she's like passing trend. Sunscreen's very nineties, and it's it's very sensual. Mm. It's all she said. So it, sensual. She said, "You know how sunscreen's sensual? No, sunscreen is not sensual. Unfortunately, baby oil that burns you and gives you skin cancer is sensual. Right? Like maybe the act of applying sunscreen, but not really because it's like if it's very gloopy. Yeah, it's just not sensual. She was wrong for that, but but she, for Allison, that might be sensual because it's practical." <laughs> She's she finds practicality sexy. That makes sense. Okay, yes. now this makes sense. So she comes up with this slogan and she says, "Sunscreen, it's hotter than a burn." <laughs> and the way she says it is like very sensual. And Rick is knocked out by this. He thinks this is the greatest ad slogan of all time. He's like, "What?" He says, "Wow, that's really good. I'm going to tell my dad." Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> when they return to the complex after their date, they have a little kiss. Mm. And then the camera pans to the most horrifying oh. shot in Melrose Place history. <laughs> Billy Campbell staring at them kissing through the blinds like a fucking creep. He looks like a pervert. He It's trying to be comical almost because he has a I really... I don't know what it's trying to be. I don't know what be. they were trying to do. Because his face is like... I love Lucy style comedy. Like, Oh, like yeah. he's like, what the, like a nosy neighbor or something <laughs> he, <laughs> clutching his pearls kind of like, yeah. Cause they also, I mean, they're really trying to like establish that there's like, that there's this sexual tension and this like longing between Billy and Allison, even though, I mean, I guess like it makes sense cause they're both like so catty to each other. Yes. The problem is it's like it comes off as tension, but not really sexual tension. Yeah. It more just comes off as like Allison being annoyed at Billy. Because we haven't really established any sort of real chemistry between them. So we're like, why does he care? Or why does she care? Is right. it just like, what's the annoying? Why are they annoyed? Right. Because uh, they haven't had a moment really. This is a good place to take a break. Okay. Let's take a break right here. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Next, we see Rhonda busting a move by the pool. She's like really getting after it. And Sandy is sunbathing. Sandy's always sunbathing. Yeah. If she's not at Shooters, she's by the pool. Like 
Is she even going on auditions? I've never seen her do anything other than like lurking on the staircase. (laughs) That's all she does. She's a lurker. She's by the pool or she's at work. She doesn't have her own life. No. Perry shows up at the complex and Sandy, of course, is like, can I help you? Yeah. Sandy loves being there to to intercept any woman looking for Jake. (laughs) That's her other job. (laughs) Yeah, that's her other job. And Perry's like, just be sure to tell him Perry stopped by. This is when I realized her name wasn't Barry. What? I thought it was Barry initially, and then I was like, oh, it's Perry. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them could be cool girl names. Like, right. Totally. At D&D, Allison goes to her desk to find a rose. Ooh. It's from Rick. And Lacey Cabot stops by, and she's like, mm, you have a secret admirer. And then we get a little quip from her about like, I'm a businesswoman. I don't have time for love. Yeah, and then she says... Take time to smell the roses. Like, yeah. She, like, I, I can't do that anymore. I'm successful. Right. I can't have it all. And so Allison starts gushing to Lacey about the sunscreen account. And Lacey's like, Yeah, okay, sure. Okay. I have a conference in five minutes. I have mm. to go. And Allison's like, Embarrassed. Yes. At the halfway house, Rhonda tells Matt that she has to bail on him. Mm. She just shows up to tell him this. And she's like, but I brought you the recipe for the chicken curry that I was going to make for the kids. So that's not very helpful. That's not helpful at all. No. I, it's not about the recipe. And he, Matt is pissed. He is so mad. This is the first time we've seen him really angry. And yeah, he goes off on Rhonda. He does. He goes off and he says, say what you always say, Rhonda. Next time, Matt, I promise. He's had it up to here. These people have bailed on him for the last time. <laughs> I do picture all these people being like, I'd love to come down and help and then just never following up on it. Yeah. And yeah. at this point, he's just like, don't even offer to help. I mean, we all we all know that person. Totally. And it's, it's like they might be in their heart, like really wanting to in the moment, but then they just never follow through. Right. And Matt has just had it because he is close with Rhonda. That's his best friend at the complex. Right. And it's like... What if she had like an exercise class she forgot or something? She like double booked. Yes. She double booked her cardio funk. What did I write it down? I don't know. But she had like some other class she yeah. had to do. So back at D, Allison walks into the hallway where she overhears Rick pitching Allison's ad slogan to Lacey. And she is like, <gasps> she does the Allison gas. She can't believe it. She's like, this guy took wine and dined me, and then he stole my idea. Someone stole someone's idea to get ahead? What? In business? <laughs> this is very unprofessional. In Los Angeles? <laughs> she cannot believe it. She is bowled over. And and she, I was actually proud of her me in this too. moment because she immediately confronts him. She doesn't just slink away. She immediately is like, Rick. She goes, excuse me, can I grab Rick for a sec? Mm. And Rick is like, gotta go. And he he tries to escape into the men's room, but she just wa- walks in there. Oh, I love it. Because the thing about Allison, for as like uptight as she is, when she's heated, she'll go there. I think that's like a very uh, Midwestern trait. Like when you're wrong, when you're wrong, your like niceness goes away. Like yeah. it was all a front. There's only so much she yes. could take. So she's like, no more Miss Nice Wisconsin. Mm-mm. I'm following you into the men's room. And she tries to drag him out. She's like, we're, she, oh, she says to him, she drags him out. And then she's like, how dare you? 
Mm. And then he's like, come on, we all get ideas. He tries to pull the like when a comic steals another comic's yeah. joke it's and the they're like unconscious and they're like parallel it's thinking yeah. it's parallel thinking we were all thinking it but this is particularly egregious obviously because it's the word for word and they had just had dinner right and not too many people are thinking sunscreen is hot let's that's get really that's very specific to allison <laughs> yeah so she's furious and she goes you used me yeah you used allison me. has never heard of this happening before ever yeah so Allison then marches into Lacey's office and Lacey is already literally, this was insane to me. She has just been told this idea from an underling yeah. three minutes ago and Lacey is already hard at work working on this campaign. Right. Like she immediately starts putting Yeah, she's like, work. I'm going to steal this idea. From Rick. <laughs> what, are you ta- what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, she's like already working on this. She didn't even think about it or no. like like put Perfect. it up. Put it up against. Let's make her. storyboards. <laughs> she's yeah. She's looking at like stock footage of girls in bikinis. <laughs> yeah, where do you even pull that up? Right, like it's not like the internet days yet, yeah, where, where you would easily find sexy butts on a beach or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so she's like, you know, oh, Allison. I'm, I'm working on the Hotter Than a Burn campaign. And Allison is like, Lacey, Rick stole that idea from me. And Lacey's like, oh, Allison, grow up. Grow up. <laughs> and she said, and then Lacey says to her, let's be honest, you told him that idea so he could help you. Ooh. That was bitchy. Yeah. That was really bitchy. I mean, Lacey is like, look, what, like she's seen it all. This has happened to her probably hundreds of times. Uh, so she doesn't even fucking care. And like Lacey is the type of girl boss where she thinks that because she was treated like shit in the corporate world by men, that it's okay for her to treat women like shit. Yes. She's that archetype. This is very pre like helping those. Do you know what I mean? Like when you you've kind of climbed the ladder to help others up. Yeah. It's like the, it's like kick the ladder away. Yeah. Like you need to go through it too. Totally. And she thinks because she's a woman it's like justified and she's like yes. I don't need to help other women yeah. succeed. That's why I'm successful because I got shit on every day. <laughs> <laughs> It'll yeah. be good for you. She's it like, builds character. Yeah. She's like almost proud of this toxic work yeah. culture. She says to Allison, Allison, you need to have a thicker skin. Yeah. Life is unfair, bitch. <laughs> so, I mean, really, that's like great foreshadowing for when Amanda comes in the fold. Oh, yeah. So in a way, Lacey is <laughs> preparing her for the future. <laughs> So Allison storms out and immediately starts gathering all the stuff at her desk and pulls a Jake and just leaves. Yes. She just leaves with her little box of mugs. Right. Meanwhile, at the cafe, Jake is getting yelled at by his boss and Jake is not having it. And he takes his apron off. He's like, this isn't worth it. And this is an incredible exchange that they have. (laughs) Let me just, let me just say this. So Jake is like, I, I can I can have another job. And 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 the boss says sarcastically, Well, I'm sure you have all kinds of job opportunities. And Jake says, You bet your tight ass I will. 
<laughs> tight ass is such a funny insult. But why? <laughs> I thought he was saying he had a tight ass, like a hot ass. <laughs> no, he was calling him a tight ass. It like, should have been you bet your tight ass all one word. But the way he said it was you bet your tight ass. Yeah. Yeah. He did say it wrong. But yeah, <laughs> that guy was a tight ass. <laughs> I mean, wait, did he say Jake can't spell espresso too? Like that was one of, you can't even spell espresso. He probably pronounced it espresso. Yeah. Jake definitely says espresso. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Jake storms out to the phone, pay phone. (laughs) Just not cool, right? Not cool. I'm going to go dial a number. (laughs) I'm going to call 1-800-COLLECT. He calls Perry and... They meet at her gallery and we see some really bad art. Like it's just really bad. Really bad early 90s art that's supposed to be like modern. I don't know where they picked this up from. It and the color like palette shit. is very like it's, bright, like almost primary colors, but like a few jewel tones. <laughs> just like just weird colors. And like, like those sculptures that are supposed to be like it's sort of post Memphis yeah. style. Where it's like still that same Memphis era style design. It's just bad. Yeah. Um, and clearly it's just stuff that the set decorators made. Because they're like, what's a cool, hip, modern? Yeah. It was just like recreating styles um, that were like edgy. Yeah. And Perry is wearing the biggest blouse I've ever seen in my life. Um. I can't remember if this is the scene. I think it's. I think it's later. Uh, some of her outfits. Uh, I don't think it's this one. So I'll wait. Okay. This um, blouse. Yeah, this her blouse fashion. Is- like I like her art fashion. <laughs> like when she's being her art, like the art dealer fashion. I always. One of my favorite things in shows is when there's like an artsy character and they like their costume for that. Yes. It's just very, yeah. There's lots of white blouses happening usually. Yeah, like a structured yeah. sort of avant-garde white blouse is happening. And that's what's happening here. And Perry's getting horny trying to reminisce with Jake about like their bad boy and bad girl days together. And I really thought like this was going to be something bad that they did, but it was not bad at all. It was very right. low stakes. Because we're kind of like, oh, they're grifters. Yeah, they, they went did on- some hot grifts. <laughs> Yeah, like they they were on the lamb together. They were Bonnie and Clyde. And she goes, remember when we were on the grift, Jake? (laughs) And Jake does bring her, like he cuts her down to size. He's like, come on, Perry. You were a sales girl. I was a security guard. And we just ripped off a few bottles of cologne from Neiman's. Like Were you picture, expecting something better? Yeah, a little better. A little I mean, that's better. shoplifting. Right. <laughs> We've all done that as kids. Like, <laughs> I was like expecting like they did some kind of heist. I wasn't thinking it was going to be anything super bad, but just like a little wilder than basically shoplifting. Or even drug dealing. Oh, yeah. Just basic drug we, dealing. Like, took that drugs for someone, like did a mild drug deal. Even yeah. inadvertently would be funny. Like Right. Um, so (laughs) she's like, tells Jake about her current grift, which I really didn't understand how this works. She says that she's making money selling paintings to some guy named Phil and all his friends. And she, so basically like her grift now is that she gets people or she creates them herself to create 
like works of art and passes them off as like they're done by some really good artist and jacks up the price. This isn't even a grift. This is the art world. Right. <laughs> this is like not a grift. That's what I'm saying. Because it's like, well, what is any art? It's what you want to pay for it, really. Yeah. And it's like what the clout of that person is. Yeah. I and mean, sometimes it's a new artist who doesn't have clout, but you want to be in on the ground floor or whatever. Like, so it's like a gamble too. Yeah. This was just like, this didn't, this, they didn't explain this. They didn't like go deep enough with but this. But I, I mean, I'm glad they did. <laughs> Because I like this choice later down the line. <laughs> right. So she starts splashing paint on a can- on canvas. And she says to him, we're not even going to be breaking the law. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Why are you calling it a grift? This yeah. is just you trying to make a fool out of rich people who are willing right. to pay for crap. We're all on board. <laughs> it's fine. And then she dumps... She seductively dumps yellow paint onto Jake, and then he seductively drips red paint onto her all over that blouse. There's something about that where I was like, I would be irritated. I'd be so mad. With paint? No. I'm sorry. That's not fun. (laughs) Like, I don't want fucking latex paint dumped on me. There was like this period of time probably in the 80s and 90s, I blame that movie, Nine and a Half half Weeks. Right. Where it was like the height of sensuality and sexuality was like getting food or other like sticky things all over you. I think if it happens in a way that is accidental and kind of there's a reason behind it, but to do it just because is irritating to me. Do you know what I mean? Like it's really a case by case basis. It is. And I also This just, one I found annoying though. Because paint, it's like it's hard to get off. And you also can't get it in your mouth. Yes. It's dangerous. It's toxic. <laughs> it's toxic. So We're are, a very Allison right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually toxic. <laughs> so um then they start rubbing on each other. They're making orange paint now. Well, he pours red on her and he says, I've always liked you in red. And she said, you liked me in bed. She's, <laughs> yeah, she says, you always like me in bed. And they start making out and they like start humping each other on this white canvas. It's really thrusty. It's very thrusty. I was like, this is soft core. Yeah. This is the this is the hardest thrusting we have seen on Melrose Place to this point. Right. I think. I agree. Cuz he's pushing her up against this canvas and really banging into her. Yeah. And she's making smears on the canvas. I'm like, <laughs> this is art. Yeah. <laughs> Later at the complex, Rhonda approaches Matt in, and Matt is swimming in the pool and he's still heated. And but the, I wrote down, I said, this is the kind of conflict that we get in early season one of Melrose Place. Because This th- is an unbelievable... The fact that Rhonda is mad too just killed me. Yeah. Like in the circumstance that she brings up, like, a, well, you've never come to my class. And it's like, there's a little different <laughs> difference between helping someone out and saying that you're going to be there when he needs you to make food for him. Right, right. right. He he was going to get someone else. You said you would do it, and then he's left in in a rut when you didn't you didn't fucking follow through. Yeah, and you're comparing that to him not going to your cardio aerobic class. Like, yeah, it's not the same thing. It's not. And i i do i do i do understand that Rhonda would be irritated that he never showed up to her class. But you're right; it wouldn't put her out the way that it would. It put Matt out, which he did. Yes. So they have this little. 
Yeah, they have this little spat. Then we see Allison, and she's in bed eating ice cream (laughs) with a wooden spoon. Okay, here's a little thing that my brain noticed. That ice cream that she was eating was the same one that Kelly put back. (laughs) I'm not kidding. That That is an incredible Easter egg. That is an incredible Easter egg. Because I noticed it when Kelly put it back. I was like, what brand is that? Because it was black. It was a black tub tub. with like gold kind of light. And that was what Allison was eating. So I I couldn't stop thinking. I was like, did that with the craft services? They just had that ice cream on hand. They're like, we need the tub. Get that tub Kelly put back. (laughs) No, this was like a sitcom moment as well. Did you notice in Allison's room, she has a shelf filled with dolls? No. Okay. But I do go back. And- <laughs> I should have taken a picture of this. We need a picture of this. It is a shelf filled with dolls. This is the most Allison thing ever. Like she brought all of her dolls right. from Wisconsin. She, if she had a canopy bed, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like that is the decor of her room in general. Um, I was too busy. I was too busy focusing on the ice cream. <laughs> she also is eating a box of Captain Crunch. Okay. Okay. First of all, she's eating the ice cream with a big wooden spoon. <laughs> yeah. Like one that you stir <laughs> food with. I almost thought there was a glitch because they cut away from Allison eating the ice cream. And when they cut back, she's holding the box of Captain Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> but then I see the ice cream has been put off to the side. Because I was like, what? I was like, what happened to the ice cream? I was like, oh, continuity issue. <laughs> no, she she's, had both. She, she had, had both. She had both. It was really funny, but such a sitcom scene. Like, Oh, totally. Over the top. And Billy comes in to give her... Now it's Billy's turn. Yeah, he's doing the pep talk. <laughs> now it's Billy's turn to give her the pep talk. And he's like, Allison, you shouldn't you shouldn't quit your job. Yeah, you got to go back to D&D. You, you, you lit, Allison, no, you can't do that. You have to give yeah. him two weeks notice. <laughs> that was a very un-Allison move to just That's leave. how mad she was. Right. It was unjust. So the next scene, we see Allison return to D&D with her box full of stuff. She's back at her desk, and Lacey approaches her, and she tells Lacey, Lacey, I'm determined to prove myself. And Lacey kind of apologizes to Allison. She's like, I feel bad about yesterday, but I think you and Rick should pitch together. Jesus. (laughs) She doesn't even, like, punish Rick. No. Um, Yeah. So... At a party, we're at this like rockin' party at somebody's big ass house. Perry is wearing a huge okay. belt. <laughs> this is what I wrote. And the Olivia Newton John outfit. This is the largest belt buckle ever. I've ever seen. Ever. I just wrote, what the hell? <laughs> this belt buckle. It is black belt and the 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 buckle is bright silver, like very shiny and incredibly large. It is like a wrestling belt. It is, yeah, it is a championship <laughs> wrestling belt. <laughs> I was shocked at how big it was. Um, Jake is there. And then we see this guy who has an incredible outfit. Oof. He's wearing this turquoise bandana around his forehead. With but with an- no design on it. Just turquoise. Yeah, just a bright <laughs> turquoise bandana. He's wearing a dark red, shiny, loose, like rumply blazer with no shirt on. No shirt. 
And lots of jewelry. He has tons of jewelry on. And we find out that this is Phil. So this is the chump that's been buying all the bad art that that Perry's been hawking. (laughs) At this point, Perry unveils a new painting that she is like auctioning off at this party. And it's the paint. It's the painting that her and Jake made that afternoon, and it's just a bunch of ass cheeks. It is literally <laughs> butt prints all over the canvas. And it's like, oh, that's what was happening during those thrusts. <laughs> Who knew there was paint back there, though? I mean, but nobody, the thing is, no one in this scene is commenting that it's asses. That would have been like the first thing I said. I would be like, is that ass cheeks? <laughs> like, it's just so clear. No one would want that. It's like this painting that my mom has in her house. And <laughs> it's been in our house for since I was a very like a born because she did it in sometime in the 80s. And it's like all these circles, right? And finally, one day when I was a kid, I asked my mom, I said, What is that? And she goes, Oh, those are my breasts. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. And then, then I mean, when you look at it, you're like, oh, those are tits. Oh my god! I mean, it's a nice, it's it's right. a nice piece. It it's ass is a slight is more vulgar to me because there's like the, the cracks are so visible in this. You could practically see butthole prints. Yeah, in this painting. Yeah, and they also I I'd be curious to know how they made them because they don't really look like an ass print. Like, it looks like someone painted an ass print. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, it looks like they got a prosthetic butt, like the, yeah. the art department. Cause it's a little too uniform. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And they're not, yeah, there's no variation. It's like, did, cause if they're a fucking, it would be a little smear of an ass print. <laughs> literally, <laughs> it's literally like a stamp of an ass print. Yes. Uh, it's very weird. Um, again, no one comments on it, but everyone's like, ooh. Wow. I mean, it's literally like tempera paint. It's the emperor's new clothes. Which of the art world can be. It can be. Allison, meanwhile, is in the office, not at her desk, but at Lacey's desk for some reason. And she's watching footage for the ad campaign. Surprise, Rick brought some food. Allison's wearing another bad vest. And she talks to Rick and she's like, look, Rick, I know how to play the game now. I know business is cutthroat. Yeah. yeah. She gives him a little speech. She's like, I'm a tough cookie. You can't mess with me anymore. I will give Rick credit for bringing food. Yeah. He does always know. He, he definitely seems like someone who eats his feelings. Yeah. Because his dad's probably mean. Right. And he brought dim sum. So I got to give him props for always thinking about food in these situations. Yeah. Rick's probably not a bad guy. He's probably just a very... Like, I mean, he's probably, like, annoying. He's annoying. He clearly has a dad who doesn't believe in him. And and he he wants to succeed and make his dad proud. But he's not talented. No, and he's also very spoiled. And it's like he... he, Rick goes around inadvertently hurting people's feelings. Yes. But he feels bad about it and then brings you food. Which I'm not excusing his behavior. I'm just trying to explain it. But at least you're bringing food. That's a... (laughs) Like, at least you're just not hurting people and not bringing food. That would be worse. <laughs> At least he's uh, bringing food. Yeah, right. So Allison says to him, "So what ideas do you have?" And he's got nothing. Yeah, she's Clearly. like you first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's yeah, learned. Your food. She has learned. Back at the party, Jake is looking for Perry, and he finds her 
in like a storage room doing blow. Ugh. The first bad thing that's happened, like the first bad girl thing we've seen. And Jake is furious. He's furious. So he's definitely not cool. No. (laughs) Because once again, Jake thinks being a bad boy is riding a motorcycle and dressing like James Dean. And having grease under your fingernails. I was shocked at Jake's reaction just because this isn't 90210. There's no pretense that this is for teenagers. Like he could be a little less of freaking out. Or make it more like she had a problem and she's back on drugs or whatever. Like I I guess they kind of hint on that, but it's not really clear. I guess he, yeah. I mean, I guess it was. I mean, just his initial reaction is bad, but when they explain it a little more. Yeah. Just his initial reaction definitely gave me very like after school special. Yes. But he does say to her, I don't do that crap anymore. So at one point, Jake did blow. Then she says to him, you're so 90s. (laughs) Once again, (laughs) I would love to know what that meant. Because was 90s more healthy? I guess 80s was more coke. Yeah, 80s was cocaine, but it's not like people weren't doing drugs in the 90s. They were just doing heroin. It was worse Drugs in a way are I'm more just dangerous. Different, just yeah. different bad. Yeah. They're both bad, but whatever. They're both bad. But I would say uh, cocaine could have been more recreational, cocaine, whereas heroin is not usually recreational. Yeah. People who do cocaine, they lie to themselves. I'm just speaking from my own experience. Right. And say, well, at least I'm not on heroin. That's yet. true. I mean, there's all, there's all types. <laughs> there's all types. So Jake does something which to me is unforgivable. Even for as long as I've been sober. <laughs> I think this is like one of the most unforgivable things you can do. It's pretty rude. He knocks over her cocaine. Yeah. And spills it everywhere. A instant termination of friendship. Because it's, it's not good behavior. Just walk out. Just leave. Yeah. Don't ruin her fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, then... Jake goes back into like the main party room and Phil bandana guy is like, do we have a deal? Like he wants to buy this painting and Jake flies off the handles again. Jake, Jake has a very short fuse. He does. That's why he's a bad boy. I think they're okay. This isn't a, okay. This is, this isn't a spoiler about plot, but this is something that has haunted me ever (laughs) that Jake does in a future season he destroys the fridge at one point. <laughs> <laughs> there is a scene of Jake in like season four where he Spoiler de- alert. he like destroys a fridge in his apartment. And it's so over the top. I think Jake has anger issues. Yes. The problem is we're never really clear why, like initially, what's going on with him. But we it's hinted at with Kelly wanting to save him and being the one who understands him, et cetera. Yeah. But it's kind of like... It, it's so poorly written in the early seasons, maybe, his anger issues. Right. But it's just kind of like, why does anyone put up with this shit? Like, because he appears like, he seems like the kind of guy, and we will see in future seasons, like, he has a heart. He's not a, soci- yes. he's not a sociopath. He is a good guy. He's just very emotionally stunted. Yes. Uh, it's just not very, uh, it's not really nailed. His character isn't really nailed down yet. But instead of just leaving this party, he has to like cause a scene. He's immature. He is immature, yeah. which is why he dated a high schooler. Yes. I mean, come on. <laughs> so he, he just starts yelling in this party and he's like, surprise, I'm a fake. 
<laughs> and then he, <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny to scream that. It's so unnecessary. Just fucking walk out. What? Why would you do this to yourself? You're the fool. Like <laughs> he, he takes it a step further because he he reaches up and he takes this painting off of the wall and he's like, "You want it? Take it." <laughs> And then Perry starts to follow him out as he's storming off. And she goes, Jake, where are you going? And he goes, as far away from my life as I possibly can. So he's a drama queen, too. Yeah, he's very dramatic. The next morning, Allison sees Matt working in the courtyard. And Allison's talking to him. This is another example. Like, Allison, I have real problems. Yeah. Allison's like talking to him about her next pitch meeting. Matt did not ask. No, he was just standing by the mailbox <laughs> or wherever. He, he was like sitting in the courtyard looking through files of under of like at risk yeah. youth. Like I, I don't know what I wrote, but I wrote Matt, no life. <laughs> I guess he was talking about how he works all the time. Yeah, he's yeah. talking about how he works all the time. And Allison's ready for her big pitch meeting. And he's like, and she's talking about how she doesn't care about anyone anymore. She's just going to like fight her way to the top. And he says, you're ruthless, Allison. And she's like, don't you have to be? And then some sad piano music plays. She doesn't want to be ruthless. That's not her nature. It's not who she is, Rachel. No. (laughs) At D&D, Allison meets Mr. Danworth, who is Rick's dad and the owner of this sunscreen company. So then Allison shows her pitch, and surprise, it's a completely different pitch than the one that she was right. talking about initially. It's She's not, got lots of ideas. It's not the hotter than a burn pitch. This time, it's she's like, we see this is out. This is this is a big moment because this yeah. is Allison's first ad campaign, right? That we like her first pitch. Yes, because that is a that is something we see a lot in Melrose Place is them working on. We see lots of different ad campaigns. Yes, um, and I always love the names of the companies. She's the original Mad Men. D and D is the original Mad Men. That's how he got the idea for the show. <laughs> I think you're right. That's I agree. She's she is Don Draper. She's the original Don Draper. So she. Uh, has this very wholesome approach to her ad. And the tagline is, I feel protected around you. I thought it was very wholesome. It was a good ad. Yeah. And much better than the um, sexy one. Because the sexy one's hack. Yeah, totally. I mean, the sexy ad's fine, but that's expected. Also, I don't even... It's like, I don't want to even think of burns. Hotter than a burn. Like... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Just say what it is. Yeah, exactly. You're being protected by the sun's harmful rays. I love it. Um, r- dad, then Rick presents his idea and his dad doesn't like it, but he does like Allison's idea. And we get the worst picture that someone drew of someone with skin cancer. Yeah. Rick's idea. He, everyone's abandoned the hotter than a burn at this point, but Rick's new idea is that it's like a side by side of like somebody who didn't use sunscreen and somebody who did. But it's like cartoon cartoon character looking drawings and one of them has cartoon skin cancer lesions and it's <laughs> it's very unsettling yeah and like rick and lacy are grimacing no one wants to see that nobody wants to see that in their sunscreen ad and and then allison feels bad for rick because no one likes his idea so she helps rick and she's like oh rick you actually um remember this other idea 
you had. So she gives him another idea for free. Yeah. And uplifting music plays. And Allison at that point realizes that she's not going to be like no. everyone else in this corporate culture. She's going to be a good girl. Yeah. At Rhonda's class, it's popping. Okay. <laughs> this is the most unserious cardio class I've ever seen. Everyone is literally just flailing around. <laughs> They're just doing their own They're thing. They're doing whatever they want. She's not leading them in any donkey kicks or whatever the fuck they were doing back then. She's also on stage like, just move. And everyone's just kind of... <laughs> Dancing, I say dancing in quotes because I don't know what the heck they're doing. It's just like moving. They're There's kind- no exercises happening. No one's doing the same thing at the same time. Like they're just dancing. It's weird. Um, I do want to go to Rhonda's class though. Oh yeah, of course. I love not exercising. <laughs> Matt comes in and he comes up to Rhonda while she's in the middle of teaching this class, and he apologizes to her and they hug it out. It's like, and then and then she's like, "Come on, Matt, do the." Do the moves, and he like does a hoedown. He just starts goofing off. Yeah, <laughs> in his baggy t-shirt and shorts. Right. He's also very uncoordinated. He's very uncoordinated. He's just kind of goofing off too. He's like, "Yeah, this class is easy." Yeah. Back at D and D, Lacey tells Allison how impressed she is with her. So now we know. Yeah, Allison's might not be a receptionist for long. No. And then Rick has given her one of my dreams, a big Hershey kiss. <laughs> what oh, are the gave exce- her that? One of the excessively large Hershey kisses. Yeah. I was obsessed <laughs> yeah. with those. But even though I don't like that chocolate, but I like that they were so big. They're cute. They yeah, looked good. They really were cute. At Shooters, Drake Jake strolls in and talks to Sandy. They have a little one of their bullshit talks where Sandy's like, I told you so, Jake. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't give good advice. Sandy doesn't do anything again. No. In this episode. Does she ever have a (laughs) storyline? She she actually Yeah. Okay. She has one. She gets one storyline. It's crazy that she hasn't had one yet, though. Because she was sort of the star name coming into this. Right. Um, then Jake goes to a bike shop because he is broke and he's gonna sell his bike. But the guy who runs the bike shop doesn't want to buy his bike. But instead, Jake gets offered a job Yeah, as a mechanic. All worked out. Everything's wrapped up. We end the final scene of this episode is at the halfway house where Matt is working, preparing some food. And that's when Allison, Sandy, and Rhonda burst through the door singing, I'll be there, and carrying groceries. Okay. Now, when they first came in <laughs> singing I'll Be There, I was like, oh, they didn't get the rights to the song. So they're doing an off-key version, like a different version. Is that what you thought? Yes, because it's so off-key. <laughs> I thought they were doing the thing where you change it slightly so you don't have to pay royalties. It's so bad. And then I realized that they were singing the same song, like the real yeah. song. It's so bad and it's so irritating. I, I got irritated because first of all, Matt had already cooked everything. Right. And then they just came and served, helped him serve it to like the 10 kids who were there. It's like, well, that's the easy part. Right. Giving the passing the food out. Like it was so irritating. Matt, I'm sure Matt was like, oh, thanks for showing up after I've cooked all the spaghetti. Right. <laughs> thanks, guys. Singing I'll be there, like you've done something. Uh, the the final line of this episode is incredible 
because it's just Matt going, Chiao time. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is also a, a sitcom moment where you think it's going to end with that dun, 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 like yeah. kind of sitcom music. Like right. everything's worked out. We're all having fun. Uh, ha- you know, singing I'll Be There. It's just so goofy. Like It's so goofy. This is obvious. I mean, Melrose does eventually start ending on cliffhangers. Yes. There hasn't been a cliffhanger. Everything is very wrapped up uh, and not even in a satisfying way. Because they were trying to make this like a borderline episodic show. Yes. Where it, where it really is that, because that really is sitcom format where you can jump in at any time. In a sitcom, yeah, and there might be some ongoing things, right. but 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 not like not that it would stop you from just starting up an episode. Right, you could easily figure it out. Um, right, yeah, but there are no like long term storylines you're following it's, at this point. It's not a serial yet. No, it's no. not. And I would, I honestly need a book on what their initial um, idea was. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like what they were going for, right? Because it's clearly not what it became. <laughs> <laughs> which is genius. And don't worry, we're getting there. No, we're going to get there pretty fast, I think. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting to see the progression. And Absolutely. it's, it's uh, funny still. I'm enjoying it. Me too. Very much. I'm having so much fun rewatching this. I've just haven't seen it. Like, unlike you, who yeah. it's up there with Breaking Bad. You've seen it four times. <laughs> I haven't watched it since it aired. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have any memory. I do when I watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, like this is all vaguely familiar, but this is just so long ago. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm excited because I definitely have more memory of the later seasons or the mid to late late seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. All right. Very good. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.